The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Scary power there from Drew Dober. And that's why I'm the number one lightweight knockout artist in the world right now. So we brought back the setup. I'm smooth, I'm natural, and I'm having fun out here. Drew Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. <laughs> Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt Sarah right now. I had to start because Matt is uh, shirtless and flexing and in damn good shape. Um, damn. Sorry, Jimmy. Yes, sir. All morning. On the mat. I did not go today. Oh, slacker. Somebody, no, so, some, somebody in my house has COVID, and I've been testing negative, but I wanted to have one more day of negative tests, so I wanted to make sure I didn't get the guy I'm rolling with sick. Um, so I stayed. I just, I didn't, uh, you know, I was trying well, to get somebody I'm, sick. I'm just, um, I'm just, I'm just a teenage dirtbag Jimmy. Sorry. That's okay. Um, Eric Nixick uh, is here. He'll be here shortly. And we also have uh, uh, Drew Dober after a huge win. What an impressive uh, win over Ricky Glenn. So, uh, yeah, good show today. A great, great uh, card on Saturday night. And, uh, boy, Bobby Green looked fucking incredible. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Green. Green. Wow. Bobby Green, how accurate. And, and you know, we just had Grant. Um, Grant Dawson, yeah. Grant Dawson on, and he was supremely confident. Sure. And he's been on a tear. He was undefeated in the UFC. Am I correct with that? I know he has one loss. The loss was out of the UFC, wasn't it? I believe you're right. And maybe we Except should bring in. Um, I start talking shit, please. I don't know. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. He was yes, 21 correct. and 1. Undefeated in the UFC. You got damn right. I'm right. You mean? You got, yeah. you damn right. I'm right. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, it, it, it's a tough, you know, he lost a fight, you know, to a similar, I'm not going to say similar, but to, a, you know, a very high level grappler um, in uh, the champ, Islam, Islam, uh, Makachev. Makachev, yeah. and, you know, you're thinking, all right, is that going to affect him? And his last fight was uh, coming off. What was that? Was that the controversial? Was- what was that fight right before? 
Uh, let me see. It was a win. Um, Wait, was it a win? Yes, Bobby Green. He, he was no. Was he coming off a win? Let me. See. I'm almost positive he was. Yeah, Ferguson. I think it was Tony Ferguson. Um, uh, yes, it was Tony Ferguson. He beat Tony Ferguson. That's right. My yeah, yeah. That was contra- it. Was controversial here saying was Ferguson? We should bring in Eric Nixick, by the way. Was Ferguson, uh, you know, uh, up to fighting or you know that in that way it was? But uh, no, no, it was no, a, no, no I was thinking. Word. I'm sorry, okay. Jimmy. I was thinking of a different fight with him. Okay, was that something with Jared Gordon? Did they have a headbutt or something? I'm sorry, Eric. Eric probably. What's up, coach? But anyway, Hi, first of all, fuck all that. Congrats to Bobby Green. It was awesome. Great one, Coach Eric. Congrats, man. Congrats on all your success, buddy. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. You're doing something right over there at Extreme. <laughs> I'll tell you what's in the water over there. That was so great. That was so great because I know how it is with those underdog moments, you know. So that uh, that Sean Strickland fight, you know, something else, brother. We we brought you up quite a bit that fight week, man. You know that was that was part of our motivation as well. You know what I mean? Oh. Like we always talked about there's there's guys ahead of us that have done that, so we know it's possible. And you know your name your name got brought up quite a bit that fight week. Did you, uh, it, it, uh, to me, the most impressive thing about the, the, besides obviously the win was round three, because, uh, you know, Sean looked so good in the first round and, and really hurt Izzy. And then Israel came back in the second round and just won the round and looked great. And, and typically that's what would start. Then all of a sudden he comes back and he wins four to one or three to two. But then in round three, Sean goes right back to what he was doing. That to me was amazing that he weathered that psychologically and it didn't fucking throw him. And what was it like in between rounds two and three? That, that was actually it, um, Jim. Like I remember looking over at, at either Danny Davis or Lance or whoever else is in the corner. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in this dude's ass just because like, I felt like we let him off the hook going into round two. Um, and it could have been a little bit of an adrenaline dump just because of the way that round one ended. Um, you know, and then I felt like maybe Izzy was easing his way into the fight, but you're absolutely right, man. At that point, like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to let anything of that momentum bypass any further because that, I think that's why I ended up telling him going into three. I was like, I don't want to lose a point fest to this guy just by him, just, you know, kind of touching and moving. And that's how we'll end up losing. So let's get in this dude's yeah. ass and, and let's go make this difference. And, you know, he did just that. I He's love a- that. man. I love how you can get through to him because there's obviously, a different relationship than you. And listen, all fighters are different. We know that as, as yeah. coaching guys, but there's obviously a different chemistry even than say yourself and Dan Ige. Like you and Dan Ige have one thing. Sean Strickland to me seems like a guy that could easily be in a corner telling you to fuck off or something, but he's not. <laughs> he has yeah. your, you have his, somehow you have his respect and I want to talk about that because personally, I like Sean. I like yeah. Sean. I always like Sean. I yeah. Sean to me is like a throwback to when I was fighting. A guy that, like, when I was fighting, I literally didn't really do it for the money because it wasn't a lot of money at all. I, I did all right towards the end of my career because, again, I had a, 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 a nice moment there. Um, but I know what it's like just to fight for the fucking love of fighting. And that's how Sean is just a natural born fighter. He, it looks, he seems like he wants to be a natural born just killer, but he's <laughs> a fucking psychopath. But how did you, I, want, I like it though, but how did you gain his respect? You, you nailed it, coach. Cause like, you know, Jay Haran always says like, he's just a throwback. Jay, Jay was like, if this dude was in our gym 10 years ago, he'd fit right in, you know? Oh. 
and yeah. and now like you know obviously times have changed but but now sean is that kind of that extreme couture throwback that we have but um you know i think earning his respect is just sweat equity and being together for so long and you know spending the time with one another and actually you know re- knowing that the, knowing that we care knowing that we give a shit about the guy and and those things do matter and um you know, early on in the first time I cornered him, I know he's not very good at like keeping the attention, but that's just always been him. So what do we have to do as coaches? And that's adapt. And sometimes it's almost not to try to change him to, you know, make it fit my style, <clears throat> but I just ask for compromises. For example, it's just like, Hey man, if I don't need the whole minute in the corner, but maybe you could just give me 20 or 30 seconds and there's some pertinent information that I might need to pass along for you. So I just need your attention for that 20 or 30 seconds. And then I'll let you get back to doing what you do. And he'd be like, Oh, okay. That, you know, that makes sense. And uh, okay. I'll listen, you know, and, and then over time we've, we've kind of just gained that little bit of respect in, in the corner and we understand how to communicate with one another. And, you know, it, it worked out for us on fight night. It's also very impressive what a mentally tough fighter he is. Like a lot of people, I mean, he lost to Pajeda and Jared and then goes on a three-fight win streak, including outpointing Izzy in, in, in an incredible fight. Like That would have broken a lot of fighters mentally. Uh, and But after the Pajeda fight, he just seemed to have the right attitude about it. Hey, drop it. He didn't seem to be thrown by it or, or like I'm sure it affected him, but he didn't seem like he was broken by it. Um, and, I, and I think that's just a sign of what a mentally tough person he really is. Yeah, he, he really is, Jim. And, and like, he's, he's constantly in the gym, you know, even after the loss, he was right back in and, you know, <clears throat> we'll have like maybe a day of kind of going back and licking the wounds, but talking about things we could have done better or, you know, Hey man, maybe I should have wrestled more or maybe I should have done this or whatever it may be. And like, like coach was saying, it's, it's part of those things. I think over time you start to, to, to understand what your, your coach is looking for, what the game plan is. And then, you know, okay, maybe those things would have worked out better had I done this way. And, and with that time, I think it really helped um, Sean and I just re- really have that camaraderie and, and understanding what we need in the corner. And you've worked with, oh, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, like, I don't know what's, I don't know if anybody knows what's happening right now. Is it going to be an immediate rematch or not? But if there is, I find it fascinating because now Sean knows what he could do. Like he, what is Izzy? I want Izzy. I never heard, and to his credit, I never heard any excuses. But what you know? What the hell happened? I wanted. I would love to get his coaches down and be like, from your take, what did you plan for? And what? Because he was being Sean Strickland. Mm-hmm. I thought I was picking Sean, but I thought Sean would pull out of his you know sleeve i heard about his wrestling i heard mm-hmm. he's really good with the wrestling and it i is. thought he would pull that card the fact that he didn't is just fucking it's even better because <laughs> he was he was himself it was another day of sparring in there with him and man i was just so fascinated like i would go oh, if they had to get ready for sean again what are they doing different because you know he took a that that first round you got to give it to izzy to even stay in there Mm-hmm. So come back and win after that is something, but I don't, who knows what happened. I know. And I'm sure from sparring and stuff, Eric, and like, I don't know if you ever took a shot where you didn't really know you took the shot till later. I remember the, yeah. with the, my back fist with Shoney Carter. I, I got so exhausted in that fight. And I think part of it was I took a back fist at the end of the first round. It didn't end the fight, but when I was in a hospital later, after the second one ended it, they brought up the first one. I didn't remember it. I'm like, yeah. what? I got hit with two. And then I remember Sherry, the doc, rest in peace. She goes to Longo. 
Oh, he's he's out. He doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't remember getting hit. So you could be in fantastic shape and right. a certain shot could just change the whole course of a fight. And all of a sudden you're yeah. not and all of a sudden you're not being yourself. You're not. So I don't know. What is your take on it? What is your take on it? You, you know, stylistically, when it when it comes down to like putting a game plan together for Sean, um, we lean heavy on his style and just who he is. And I think the people that really have been in there with Sean, the Johnny Eblins of the world, you know, the guys that train with him all the time in Extreme Couture, the, they're the ones that first tell you that like, hey, man, he's a difficult dude to deal with when your first couple times you're in there with that pace and his style. And that's what we try to lean heavy on early right away was well, let's try to get the pressure going right on Izzy and make him feel like he's in a, he's in a dog fight. The biggest things for us was just understanding cage control and, and keeping him to where he wasn't chasing the, chasing the corner post where he was cutting everything off and keeping everything in front of him and not walking into something silly. So that was really the, the meat and potatoes of our game plan. But Sean's a guy where his attention span doesn't, doesn't last very long. So if you try to, if you try to like overcoach him with things, you could just see his, you know, he just like blacks out, you know? So um, coach him in spurts. And that was our, that was our mentality was we watched a ton of tape of coaches, but we didn't want to spill all this information over to Sean because he just would have, his, his, the bandwidth would have been too much for the Wi-Fi. you know, he just would have shut it off. So <laughs> So that was uh, that was just really you know a lot of what we had to deal with with them and yeah we we wrestled a ton just because we wanted to have that element if we needed to sprinkle it in and you know Sean didn't have to to his credit man he did everything he needed to do so the nice thing when you bring it up to coach about like possibly a rematch I mean there's some stuff we didn't even have to show in the first fight that maybe we can show in the second fight now and and new things they they might have to deal with so it'll be very interesting to see what they decide to do and. Um, you know, the winner out of Costa and, and Kamzat, you know, we, we've been hearing it might be that. Um, it could be Izzy. It could be Drikas. So th- that's what it sounds like it's lined up to us, but we're ready for whoever they tell us. Did, did uh, Adesanya speak to you guys after? Did you guys, you talk yeah. to him after? Can you, what, what happened there? Uh, in, the, in the cage, he was, um, you know, talking about that he had like a tattoo on his neck and it was just kind of, it was weird. Like in the moment, we didn't really know what he was referring to. And he kept telling to Sean, like, don't talk about my family. And Sean was like, I didn't never said anything about your family, you know? And, and it was just very confusing. And then finally he like pointed at his neck and he had a tattoo of his dog. And he's like, this is my family. Am I talking about his dog? And we're like, Oh, like, <laughs> all right. Like, sorry, man. We, we didn't mean to talk about your dog or something disrespectful. And, and I was kind of standing there and, and Izzy was being respectful, but it was just kind of a weird moment, I guess. Um, and again, like the, the man just was in a, in a five round war and, and lost his belt. So I, I, I'm sure emotions were running high. And then um, after the fight, he got um, changed and, and to, to go to the press conference, Izzy. And then him and I spoke for about 10 minutes after that. And that was cool, man. Like I, I got nothing but love and respect for those guys. So it was nice to have a moment and speak with him and kind of debrief the fight a little bit and just exchange pleasantries. And, you know, I told him I'll see him out in Saudi for Francis and, um, you know, best of luck to you. So, yeah, it was, it was good. He was classy. And I hey, wanted listen. to. Go ahead, Jimmy. Go ahead. No, no. I'm oh, sorry. I, I, I wanted to ask you about Francis. Um, so, Matt, did you want to if you wanted to talk more about uh, Izzy, I, I don't want to change subjects if you're no, still. No, man. I was just going to say, I'll, even though Sean Strickland's very, like, He's very himself, very politically incorrect, but just himself, like just being himself. He is like a breath of fresh air nowadays because yep. everybody's so afraid to offend somebody. To He's not trying to offend anybody, but he's very honest. And, very. Uh, 
I don't know. I like them. I find myself, I find it, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Refreshing? Uh, no, stop it. It's delightful. Stop it. Captivating, captivating, captivating. Captivating. Yes. I can't, when he's doing a, a press conference, he looks like he was made for the uh, for that <laughs> role. When he was wearing, first of all, I think you should still rock that hat. I think that was great. That fucking hat was great on him. He was like yeah. a, the reboot of fucking Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah, we look great. But yeah. the press conferences and everything, I think he's fucking hysterical, even to the point where to the stand out. He can't even look at him. He's like, ah, it's awkward. I don't know. I think he's a breath of fresh air. And I, I, like I agree. Him. I agree, coach. Eric, I seen him. I seen clips of him on the um the Nelk Boys podcast. I don't know. Rip what it I, on him. Yeah. Rip it on him. Dude, straight up just telling them, like, yeah, you guys are just beta. You're just, you know, yeah. you're just men. Oh, he's hysterical. It's fucking, it's so great. I don't know. I like but, Hey, that, that's what I love about him, too, is like, you, you know what you're going to get from the guy. And yes. if, if he's as real as it gets, man, like there's no sugar coating. He's not fake. If he likes you, he likes you. If he doesn't, he's you're going to know he doesn't like you. And, and like just like you said, this day and age, everybody will say something to your face and turn around and talk shit behind your back. He's not that guy. He's going to let you know right away. You, you know, always couple, know. Sorry, you always know where you stand with Sean. You always know where you stand with Sean. You know, a, a couple last week, four guys came in. Young prospects, like 4-0, 5-0, you know, nice kids, all, all 85ers. The moment they walked in the gym, Sean looks at all four of them and says, hey, you guys aren't, aren't our teammates, you're, you're guests. And as I consider you meet, so we're going to beat the shit out of you for the whole day. And then if you guys decide to come back and be a part of this team, then we'll take care of you as teammates. But I'm letting you know right now, there's a target on your back and we're going to try to beat the shit out of you guys. And I was like, okay, you know, at least, you know, he's not telling you to come in and we'll take care of you. We'll spar light. No, he let me know you're going to be in for a fight for the day. It's going to be an ugly day, a long day. <laughs> an ugly day. Clean up your blood boys. That's all I told him. <laughs> and, uh, and Francis, I, I, I mean, I know you've heard it's being said that the promo between him and Tyson Fury, that video is the best fight promo video ever done. It, Matt, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, in Ganu Fury, it, it, the promo video for it, it is so fucking good. I mean, it's it's in the world. It's, it's so yeah. interesting and so well shot and such a great promo. Um, I love Francis. I, you know how how is he looking? Obviously, uh, in, in this fight, and how do you approach a guy like Tyson Fury who uh, who has literally doesn't have to remove weapons the way Francis will? Francis can't use wrestling. He can't use just the idea that he might grab you. He can't use a kick. Um, which I always think puts MMA fighters at a big disadvantage against boxers. Yeah, I agree. He, he's been looking great. And it says, you know, this was a, an interesting camp for, for me in the regards of like, you know, Francis and I have always been at each other's hip. You know, we've been at every fight together, training together during COVID, you know, and then now this being a boxing fight, he's, you know, brought in some more boxing coaches and I've obviously still been busy with the MMA side of things. So I've been able to show up for like most of his sparrings, um, and, you know, he's looked great. He's looked amazing. He's actually, you know, the last couple of times I've watched him spar, I've seen some really great development when it comes to his boxing. But that being said, you know, the game plan for him or from my standpoint, I'm not saying this is their game plan. It, it's, I think it's very difficult to go out and try to outbox someone like Tyson Fury. I don't think that's the approach. I think that some of the things that we do and, and, and coach Matt will tell you too, like the unconventional things that we do in MMA might be a better path for Francis in the regards of like our stance switches and being a little bit more erratic when it comes to some of the things that we do in MMA 
that most conventional boxers might not see on a day-to-day basis, right? Like, especially at the heavyweight division. Now, Tyson's a rarity. He moves very well. He can switch from both sides or hit from both sides, essentially. So I think we, we, we kind of need to play a little bit of that like we did in the Stipe fight where you saw Francis switching to Southpaw, switch steps, crossovers, uh, step through overhands and things like that. Because if we just stand there and stay conventional and, and try to fight Tyson Fury, he's just going to neutralize the right hand. He's going to utilize his jab. He's going to um, you know circle away and he's going to get Francis to overthrow. <laughs> so we're going to have to have some different delivery mechanisms, in my opinion, to try to land that big, that big power shot. And it might need to come from uh, a different angle is, is, is my thought. And, you know, get the body work in and try to stay on them, stay heavy. All in all, man, this is a big, tall task. We're up for the challenge, you know. But, um, you know, I'm super proud of Francis, man. This is what he's always wanted since his dad met him. So now he's fighting uh, the best boxer to ever do it. What size gloves are they? I'm sorry, Jim. What size his gloves? Do we know? Uh, I think they're 12s. Okay. I think they're doing 12s and it's a 20 foot, 24 foot uh, boxing ring. So a lot of real estate, a lot of real estate to move. That's and uh, has there any been talk? I mean, I'm sure Francis is focusing on this. I mean, this is a massive, massive fight, but is there any talk or any uh, thoughts? Do you think of him returning to MMA uh, or is it something he wants to just stay in boxing? He definitely wants to return to MMA. And, um, you know, the, the plan is to be able to return to MMA within, you know, first quarter of 2024, hopefully February time. Um, he's starting to, I mean, he's really falling in love with the, the, just like you said, the kicking game, the wrestling game and doing all those things. And, and it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's a little bit of a disappointment because we had to put a pause on those things, but I think it was also a blessing in disguise due to the knee injury. We were able to get back and just focus on getting his knee rehab, but also not have to worry about the wrestling and the kicking. So his leg can come back to full strength. So once this boxing camp is over and he'll take a little time off and then hopefully get back into the, into the cage and then really get back to work on, on the growth of the, the MMA, the full MMA skill set that we've been seeing out of Francis as of late. It just, it, it always frustrates me for, for MMA guys, because again, you have to lose so many, even if there's are things that you don't throw all the time, it's just, yeah. you know, you can't, and, and your half of your weapons have to be left. And it just seems it's a, such a tough adjustment to make it. And, and MMA guys are like, when you look at Nate and Jake Paul, even the fact that Nate uh, did as well as he did, I was really happy for him. He looked great in the later rounds. Like it's just impossible when you know you can grab somebody, you know you can choke somebody, and you're not allowed to do it. It's just it's always a tall order for a, a, a mixed martial artist. Just even stance alone, right? Like, yep. I, I you know the, the boxers that we brought in, I would like joke around at Francis because like if their lead toes pointed the inside, we always just calf kick them. <laughs> and I was like, man, it'd be <laughs> nice to just throw one calf kick at this guy or just get one single leg. You know, it might not be legal, but <laughs> let's get one least in there. <laughs> I like how Nate wrapped up a. Uh... Jake's neck just to be like, ah, if it's a real fight, I won this shit. <laughs> Nate, yeah, always, I your ass. Nate always has like one moment, even a fight that he loses that kind of like wins over the crowd, you know? Always, yeah. always. Always. I was going to ask about Dan Ige because, man, he's such a good fighter. And he's, I mean, Bryce Mitchell, holy shit, man. When he brought that Bible out, it scared the shit out of me. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, uh. I mean, that was the one of the best things I ever seen. Freedom! I, listen, that's another guy. He's not. A, he's not afraid to be himself either. I love. Yeah. I don't care what shape he thinks the earth is. I think that guy's phenomenal. <laughs> I think he's phenomenal. Uh how is he feeling? Because I'll tell you, man. In the beginning, I'm like, man, he's not making it easy for Bryce to get where he needs to go. 
But I'll tell you, Bryce did chain together some of those takedowns beautifully, and I'm going to say unorthodox, uh, unorthodoxly. Is that fucking? That's not even a word. But uh, you know, he just the way he put it together was pretty smooth. And and Dan Ige looks like a a a guy to me, and you you know better than me, uh, Coach Eric, a hard guy to get down and keep down. So that was was that just what we're looking at? Is that he didn't plan to be there? Because shit, man. it didn't look like it was going to happen until it did happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you pretty much nailed all of that. And, and, you know, we knew it wasn't going to be the first or second or even third takedown or attempt. It was going to be the chain wrestling of Bryce. That was going to be the thing that we're going to have to deal with the most. And in the first round, Dan did a really good job of keeping it on the feet all the way up until maybe the last minute, maybe 30 seconds. Um, and then once the takedown did happen, I kind of felt like that we're going to see a little bit more of a wrestle heavy approach by Bryce Mitchell. Um, you know, one judge gave us round one, one judge gave us round two and another judge gave all three rounds to Bryce. So, you know, the, the damage was, was apparent. Like he shut, he shut the guy's eye down. Uh, they, they checked it twice. So, you know, those things were, were, were right there. And then, you know, in the third round, you know, this is why like, I feel like it's so important to have a debrief with your fighter, whether you win or lose, just to be able to watch the film together and kind of go over some things. And, um, you know, Dan doesn't really remember all of round three at all, because I felt like he just wasn't responsive in some of those positions in round three. Like he got taken down and just, there were some scramble positions. I'm like losing my mind. Like Dan, just pummel an underhook and let's get to the hip. And, you know, we can even land on top and some of this stuff. And he just didn't seem like he was firing all cylinders and then when we did our debrief, he's like, yeah, man, Bryce clipped me pretty good at the end of the second round, um, hit him with a short left hand, and then, like, the takedown kind of headbutted him. And he goes, dude, I was on autopilot in all of round three. He goes, I don't really remember any of the round, which okay. makes a lot of sense, which makes a lot of sense. So, um, and, man, all the credit goes to Bryce. He's the one that inflicted the damage. He's the one that got on top. He did all the right things to, to win the fight. But I think if for a coaching moment, I, that's where some of those important things are, need to happen is even after the fight and, and speaking to your fighter and, and understanding what went on because it just didn't seem like Dan in round three. I'm like, hey, man, like you got to fight for those positions. You got to show a little bit more urgency in those positions. And, you know, it just wasn't getting it out of them and maybe until the, really the end. And then we get, we get done with medicals. We go wait for the shuttle. And we're just kind of sitting there. And finally he was like, how did we get over to here? Right. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I go, I don't remember you getting clipped at all. And then he goes, yeah, I don't remember either. But I remember him hitting me with a good shot at the end of round two. And then he goes back and watches the fight. He goes, bro, I don't even remember the the end where he was like trying to pray. He goes, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> He's like, we were trying to pray. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah bro. Was, he was trying was to so pray. <laughs> you know what's funny? We're to- since we're talking about not remembering, that <laughs> night I told you when my shorty caught a loss. Now picture this. I... So I don't. I guess they knew that nobody grabbed my pants, right? So afterwards, we're going back after the emergency room. It, everybody got in the cab. It might have been two cabs because it was a, bu- a bunch of people with us. I was the last. I'm in my. I used to fight in those little valley two those shorts, and I had a gi top on. So I walked out with my gi, no pants. Everybody, they left me. They let me. Yeah. They, they stopped down in the parking lot. They, oh my! They, I was out. Of, I was so out of it. They all got in the cab. They start taking off down the block, and I'm sitting there. And then they stop. They come back, and Longo's like, "We left you." I don't know. What a fucking <laughs> the picture being a key fucking out of it. Anyway, I look like a sambo fighter, I suppose. 
But I anyway, listen, yeah, I, it's like we were talking about earlier. So I wanted to know about that because he's such a great fighter. And I feel that he's one of those guys that I can tell he's one of those guys that's a pleasure to coach because he probably does oh, everything. Best. He does everything. He looks very like he does everything right. And then he has some really great success. And then he wins another one and he beats a tough guy. And then there's a little stumble like this. And it's oh, it's kind of frustrating. I'm sure yeah, it that, anybody. Yeah, that that one that one definitely does bother me. And and you know, just because I know he's better than that. Um the one thing that stands out to me was we didn't utilize our footwork as well. He's uh he's very good at at, at switching a little bit of more stances. And that that was mainly to uh like we call it the pressure release situation where you apply pressure, but release the pressure to kind of disrupt um, any shot coming in or giving yourself some distance. And so you can identify a, a shot coming in, whether than just trying to throw big hooks and kind of be the juggernaut. And that's where guys will just drop levels on you. So, um, you know, I I almost wanted Dan just to win the fight on his jab alone and just stay long distance with this guy, you know. So, you know, it, it's one of those situations as a coach. It's uh, it's on all of us as a team. we got to go back to the drawing board and become better. And, um, you know, looking forward to the next time out with him because he is, he is Matt. Like, he's one of the best kids you're ever going to meet and works his ass off. And you got to sure. love the guy. 100%. Yeah, Eric, thank you so much, and congrats to uh, to you and all you all you guys and Sean for an unbelievably impressive performance over a, a great fighter. You frustrated him, uh, you know. Sean had a great night, which is I think what caused Adesanya to have a bad night. Um, you know what I mean? Because Adesanya had a great second round. It wasn't like he showed up out of shape. I mean, yeah. uh, it was just incredible to watch Sean just be uh, just not get tired. That first that first round would have blown a lot of guys out uh, to cardio wise. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? They, they, but he's just doesn't fucking get tired it's crazy so no, he doesn't. it's nuts <laughs> really really happy for sean and for you guys and uh good luck man i can't wait i hope he fights to plessy next but then again hamzat's great the, the rematch is great but uh, fucking cost it doesn't matter whoever sean has next is gonna be really really great no i appreciate nice, you guys coach, man Jerry. thank you coach it's good always talking to you brother Definitely all right take care of yourself sir thank you again take all right care, guys Eric. talk soon later all right. All right. bye buddy The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So, Jimmy. Yes, sir. What did you do today? Any jujitsu? I know I couldn't because I, I told you my uh, there's COVID in my home. I don't have it. That, I'm sorry. That's okay. But I'm I'm uh, I'm testing negative. But I wanted to have one more full day of negative tests before I go to the gym. So I told I texted Mike last. Night. I still want to get my rolling partner. I'd be a selfish asshole and get somebody sick. Yeah, Jimmy. You don't want to be a selfish asshole. No, I'm oh, a nice oh. guy. And. uh 
not to put everybody's business out there, but I know our friend Anthony Kumi is in the hospital. Is he okay? Oh yeah, Anthony's been on. I, that's funny. I'm uh, Anthony's not that far from me, so I've gone to see him a couple of times. We've been texting oh. every day. He's uh, having something else done today, like a post surgery thing, like which is very natural to have done. So it's which is good. So uh, Ant's in good shape. He's doing well. His spirits are great. Um, I've sat with him a couple of days and, uh, you know, he's mentally 100% there and he's feeling very good about the way it went. Please tell him that I asked for him. I don't even know if he remembers me. I I'm sure assume, he does. I don't assume that people know me, Jimmy. They you do. Know? He'll remember I'm, you. And his girlfriend does jujitsu. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's for a long time does jujitsu, so I'm sure. I, I, mentioned, I mentioned you, actually, because I was in the room with Anthony and his girlfriend on, on Friday or Saturday. Okay. And, and she had come from jiu-jitsu on Long Island. And I was, she told me where she goes. And I'm like, what about Matt Sarah? And she said, like, he's a little far away. Like, I think that you were too far. It was just you went to a closer place. But, yeah, your name came up. Listen, man, you know, I love, you know nobody's got to train with me, but they really should train. Mm-hmm. You understand, Jimmy? Yeah, I love it. I hate missing it. I hate when I don't go. Yeah, let me tell you, I enjoy it. Today I did um, some triangle setups, yeah. you know, some, some, when I mean, they go in for a stack pass, double stack, look at you shaking yet. You know, you know, I don't, that's I think the you're... eyebrows of somebody that's been, had a gi on. Look at him. No, this is the eyebrows of someone who just wanted to tell you that I've been, I just got introduced to triangles and I'm getting better at them, but occasionally I throw the wrong leg over. I get confused. It's the left-right thing. I still really have to get, like, if his right arm is coming through, which leg do I throw over and which one do I lock on? You know. Yeah, it, it's going to come to you, Jimmy. You know what I mean? I did that shit all morning. I love it. I love it, man. You 7 a.m., the noon class. I'm going to go back tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll my wife and my kid. It makes me I'm very gonna... tuckered out, though. <laughs> it makes me tuckered out, Matt. Hey, let's talk about a couple of fights, dude. How about sure. Drew Dober? How about, we're going to talk to Drew Dober in a second. But I hope so. Uh, let me, let me, maybe maybe my, not. Maybe we yeah. won't. Well, either way, we had fun. Um, that Ricky Glenn, what a beautiful punch selection. Drew's punches were accurate. He was uh, throwing to the head. He was throwing to the body, uppercuts, uppercuts to the body. It was such a great Jimmy. variety of punches. Jimmy. Yes, sir. What about what about that glove grip by uh oh when he was on the ground <laughs> yeah he literally was like trying to help, help me up <laughs> but, but he gripped that fucking glove like a gi grip what now the route did the ref even want him you know he probably i don't know if he did or not but i think by that point there's no excuse i think he was already very hurt and just it was a moment of desperation um again not that there's an excuse for it but i i think he was already in very bad shape by that point this is what I like about Tober, man. Look at his last. <laughs> Holy shit. How many knockouts? He either wins or, or loses by. He has, he has in his last six fights. Knocked out Bobby Green, uh, 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 McKinney, um, and then Ricky Glenn. And, and this is after you're right. He, he either uh, he's going to lose by a TKO last or. Five fights are either KO. He's. he's KO'd four out of his last five, and the one he lost, he got KO'd. Rafael Alves, yeah. He's not, he's not an exciting fighter, huh? I, I just unbelievable, yeah. He's Drew Dober is very – and to me, that was what – I mean, everyone knew Islam Makachev was great, but when you saw how he handled a guy like Drew Dober and, and the success he had against Drew Dober, uh, I, I think that was, to me, when he began to look like this guy is by far uh, the best in the division and is going to be the champion. When I, when I saw him – 
against Drew, Drew, Drew Dober. Yeah, not just to beat Dober, to beat him as 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 uh, dominantly as he did. Oh, good, he's in the waiting room. All right, great. Yep, let's get him in here. Yeah. He's probably gonna be smiling. He smiles a lot. He's a very happy guy, and he should be after that win. Look at yes, this guy. Look at Hello, him. sir. Man, are you up? even in a fight? Look at that hair. Drew, what's I'm, up, buddy? What's up? Sorry, we had technical difficulties, but here I am. Late. That's okay. Hey, there was no technical difficulties in the cage the other night. I'll tell you. You know what I like? We Some people are like, oh, man, you know, he, you know, he was coming off three knockouts, and then he got knocked out. Is he going to be the same guy? Yeah, he's the same guy. It's not even better. Dude, that th- talk about bouncing back like it never even happened. That's how you come back from a loss, Drew Dober. That's how you make everybody re- both forget what happened and remember how fucking dangerous you are. Congratulations, bro. Dude, thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad you guys appreciate it. We put in the work. Yeah, it was the, also that I was just telling Matt before you came out, we weren't sure if you were going to come on. It was the it was the variety of punches. I, I, I love good body shots and you were, you know, uppercut to the head, to the body. It, it was amazing how you just, your selection of punches was so varied in the first round. Like you didn't spend a whole lot of time just trying to establish something. You just kind of threw everything and every kind of a punch. It was really nice to watch. Thank you. Thank you. And that, I mean, that's, that's what we were working on. And uh, like, we, we lost our last one. We lost by, by TKO. And uh, really the growth was asking the, the why you can always just put it up to like, I just got caught or Herb stepped in a little early. Like it's whatever, but I was like, no, why did I get caught? And so we had some soul searching and we realized that, man, I started feeling my own hype, man. We got a chin and a left hand and that's all I need to bring. And I brought, that's what I brought against Matt Favola. And then we had the results. So we had to have that humbling realization that like, dance with the woman that brought you why am i getting these ko's you know earlier in my career and it was because the setup the movement and the mixed martial arts and all of those three things led to my hands so it wasn't like i came in with a left hand and that's what got the job done i came in with movement technique and setups and we we worked hard on that and i brought it in against ricky glenn and and that and that's what showed I think that's one of those realizations. We talked to a lot of guys and we've heard Cormier say so many guys, they see you just fall in love with the knockout. Like it's hard not to, I'm sure to knock another guy out. There's probably nothing that feels better on a, on a, on a fucking DNA level. But the, the, the idea that you recognize what that was and you said, no, no, we have to do this other stuff to get to that point. Um, that's that, I think that's really important. I think a lot of guys don't. And then they just began to rely on that one big punch. And you notice guys, it, it's hard to maintain that level when you're fighting on the level you are of just may, hoping for one right or one left. It's very hard to get other fighters to be susceptible to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see in boxing too, like when, with the standing eight counts, right. You get that one standing eight count. Like I hit him with my left hand. He dropped, right. You could say he gets back up. You forget how you landed that left, but you just know that you landed the left. So then you throw it recklessly and like, it might not come. And so it's just like that realization of just, you know, the, the, the finished product wasn't, wasn't the, you know, what got you there. It was everything leading up to it. 
And uh, yeah, so for this camp, we focused diligently on what led me to the knockout record. And uh, we just brought that woman that, that brought me back. Now, what did you think about the grabbing the glove? Was that, that was a little, you know, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like, oh, his finger might have got caught. It was like, yo, what is that, crazy glue? Ah, I, I was waiting for you to go, ah, ah, stop biting his hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he got what knuckles deep. Knuckles deep. Like, man, like, we were holding hands. I practically, like, dragged him across the canvas, getting my hand free. But, uh, no. Did the ref say anything? Did the ref say anything? I, I'm not quite sure. Like I looked up at the ref, like, uh, what? And then I realized that he wasn't going to save me because he was already hooking up a De La Hiva guard. And I'm like, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta fight my hand back. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, dude, sometimes things don't go your way and you got to stay on it. So ref wasn't going to save me. So I had to save myself. I, I was just telling that too. I think he was very hurt by that point too. And just trying to, just trying to pull you down. And I think at that, right after that, uh, he was, you, you guys were stood up, like you, you got pushed back and then he got stood up. But yeah, I was surprised. I don't know what, what should they have done? It was, is that so egregious? They should have taken a point. Do you think, or should there have been a very, very uh, stern warning? Yeah, I, I mean, so, I think so. Warning. Yeah. I definitely yeah. stern warning. Like, like if the ref could have just like helped me out a bit, but, uh, uh, no, I think it worked in my favor. And plus it showed his desperation and what he wanted to do while desperate. And he wanted to keep that fight on the floor. So after I felt his fingers into my hands, I was like, oh, but then we'll just go back up to our feet then because we're making you uncomfortable. Another thing I find really that I'm, I'm impressed by this, you know, I'm looking at your record and you have, you know, this, this, a couple of, you know, the decision losses, there's a, you know, a, maybe some submission losses. But as far as I'm looking, you never got stopped by strikes. You never got knocked out. You got a solid chin. So, you know, to hurt somebody, a lot of times you got to be there to get hurt. So this, this, I can't tell you, uh, a lot of guys, after they get stopped for the first time, they're not the same. So it was really impressive. The fact that you went out there, like it never happened. You know, it yeah. really, I'm telling you as, as even a coaching standpoint, you know what I mean? It's nice that you made those improvements, but yet you're not afraid of the. I mean, again, I, I brought up early. I don't know. I, I keep bringing up me getting knocked out, but my first <laughs> fight with Shoney Carter, and I, I ended up having a nice chin. I, I realized after sparring enough and this and that. But when I was first learning it, I'm like, man, do I even have a chin? How do I get stopped by that? Everybody's making fun of me. So, you know, the fact that you trusted in your chin after that, and you got right back in the in the fire, it says something about you, Drew. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm not going to dismiss the thought. Like it was there like the first 10 seconds of the fight. You kind of like thinking like, Oh shit. It, like, is it going to happen again? Like, so the thought wasn't there. It's, it's more the, the realization of like, who cares? Like I'm really just in this cage because I want to be. So yeah. regardless of the outcome, like I'm going to fight the way I want to fight. And what was the moment during training when you said you went over all this stuff and you realized that you had been relying on your left? Was it one of your coaches or did you remember that said, well, hold on a second, look at what you haven't been doing in these fights. Um, and, and was that kind of like a light went off? And how did that revelation come about? It was in the locker room after Matt Favola. I went back in the locker room. I looked at my coaches and I went, I didn't get caught. And they went, what? And I'm like, I didn't get caught. Like I made mistakes. We got to find them. Where are those mistakes at? 
Right. And so we watched that film and then I went back and I was like, all right, so where was my success? And I watched that Bobby green. And then I went back and I watched like the earlier knockouts and I started watching my first knockout in the UFC. And I went, Oh, like, where did all that go? Like I was doing all this stuff. And then now you watch my fight against Matt Favola and it wasn't there. So like we lost it at some time or I left it in the blocker room or something. I went, that was the mistake. That's why I didn't just get caught. Like we made these mistakes. So let's just bring it back. And it's one of those things where it's a mistake you probably made earlier, but won the fight. So you don't recognize it as a mistake because you're walking away with a win. Right, right. I mean, Bobby, my fight with Bobby Green, like he was piecing me up in that first round because like it was happening then too. And luckily I was able to find the knockout against Bobby. But uh, yeah, we were we were just leaving stuff behind. We were were in that proving grounds, like the, you know, regional circuit trying to make it to the UFC. Like we're bringing in the sharpest tools and as many tools as possible. Now, when you're at the top or whatever and people are telling you how awesome you are, then you're only coming in with a hammer, you know? So it's like, just that realization that if we want to continue in the sport, we got to continue fighting like we're trying to prove to ourselves. Right. Yeah. Jimmy, yes. what would you come in, Jimmy? You're not, if not a hammer, what, what tool would you be? Um, probably a football helmet. Something to protect me. Cause somebody to not want to punch me in the fucking head. <laughs> Drew. I wish I had a time machine. I'll take back that question. But listen to me. That was a good question. It was not a bad question. But listen, he's got a lot of tools in the toolbox. Uh, who's next now? Who the hell's next? Who knows? Uh, I mean, it's not so much who's next, but when's next or what's next. Like, when do you want to uh, be next? Yeah, I mean, we're clean, we're healthy, we're ready to go. I got a daughter that needs, you know, diapers and formula, so why not sooner than later? Hey, Drew, how's how's parenthood now? Your daughter's how much? A few months old now? How old? Four months. Hey, not bad, not bad. Three, I said three, okay. Uh, how is it now? Sleeping through the night? Dude, I... I God bless me with an easy first one. Like she's already sleeping 12 hours a night. Wow. Like she doesn't cry. She just complains. Like, like we go, we got a simple, easy one. So I'm counting my blessings because they're not all going to be like that. Oh, that's fantastic, bro. Congrats yeah. on that as well. Ah, do you winning in life, Drew Dober? I mean, yeah. that was the goal since the beginning. You know, <laughs> I, I wanted to win at life, not just fighting. And so we had to make some, some correct decisions and some sacrifices. Drew, congratulations. Great fight. Uh, and again, I, I just loved what you did in that fight. And uh, we'll, hopefully you come on right before your next one, whatever that is. Hopefully it'd be before. Wait, we're in October. And any shot of that being before the end of the year? Or do you think we're looking at January already? I mean, I already said I could be ready by December, so okay. uh, we'll see uh, who's available. And if not, then whatever's right around the corner. And one more, just one more question, because Bobby Green is such a great win on uh, on Saturday. And as a guy who has been in there with him, how, how difficult is he to deal with, with the odd angles his punches are coming from, um, you know, kind of from his hips and the movement is so he's very unorthodox. Uh, and, and how difficult is he is that to deal with, even for someone like you who knows how to avoid being punched? extremely difficult i mean everything that you watch is even worse when you're in there like he is literally right in front of you and you can't hit him for some reason and uh, and then he like tells you that you're missing and then like he will hit you quite a bit you know and uh, it's 
he was probably one of the more difficult strikers I've ever fought in my career. And so, I mean, his, his, his uh, victories, his last two victories are well-deserved. He told you you were missing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was narrating the entire fight for me. He was like, that miss, yeah, like, what are you doing with that one? Listen to your coaches. They know what they're doing. Like, they just narrating the entire fight. And my favorite part was, yeah, I tried to talk back. I'm not much of a trash talker, but I try to talk back. And he straight up went, shut up, and hit me with a one-two. I'm like, all right, well, I can't, no, I can't keep up. You're not going to win the verb. The verbal battle, I don't think you'll win. That is hysterical. That's why we love, listen, this sport, this sport has characters. And it's so yeah. great. When you get a victory, a feather in your cap like yeah. that, a guy like Bobby Green. Yeah. I mean, shit, man. When a guy you beat beats another guy that, that's like uh, of the of the level of Grant Dawson, and it's like, man, that guy just made of it. Look what he did. Look what I did to him. That's why it sucks that Frank Trigg never won a fight after I beat him. Because yeah. <laughs> I could have gone, look at my luggage, Frank. You know, anyway. Hey, hey Drew. Hey, congrats, man. And again, please come back on soon, dude. You know we love having you on. Yeah, good talking to you, Drew. Send me invites. I'll show up. You got it, brother. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, man. We'll talk to you again. Take care, Drew. Thank you so much. See, see you, buddy. Take care, Drew. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What a pleasure. He's a great guy, guy, yeah. It looks like he came out of the womb just sm- with that crest smile and just like, ding. Yeah. What is I? And he looks good after a fight, too. Not a mark. So, you, like you said, ready to go again. Hopefully by December. Um, it'd be nice to get another Drew Dober fight. But that, that literally made me laugh so hard. I cried. Bobby going, shut up. And <laughs> well, you can uh, picture him trying to come back with something. He tells him to shut up. Yeah. That's- but those hey. guys who fight Wonder Boy fights a lot, not nearly the, as, as my hands down as much. But those guys always make me so nervous when guys fight with their hands down. And there's very few guys that can pull that off, especially when you're looking at lightweights who are so fast. Um, and yeah. and the, the fact that he can do that consistently just yeah. seems like he's a really difficult guy. So congrats to Bobby Green. A great win. Congrats for sure. And we must say Joe Pfeiffer, yep. he's, he, that guy just seems like a, he's right for the sport. Yeah, he is. He's got that 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 her in him, you know. And yeah, I like he's a savage. It. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, he's a savage in the best way possible. So, congrats to Joe Pfeiffer. We should get him on here soon. I like I like his energy. His energy is an energy that belongs in a cage. I love it. And uh, Joaquin Buckley uh, at welterweight has looked really good over Alex Barono. So, congratulations to uh, Joaquin. That was a great fight. And uh, great fight. And great fight. Little, like, Alex, Alex. 
I don't think he mixed it up as well. I mean, he was kind of content on staying on his feet. And at one point, it kind of frustrated me. And I'd like to hear his take on it. And he got, there was like a, he, he followed him down to the floor of our failed kick or he got a takedown somehow. He ended up a tight cross side and he just got off him. It looked like I don't, I, I didn't really see Buckley escape. So I'm like, why is he allowing him up? Cause he's good, really good in jujitsu. So, right. It looked like he literally just thought he got off him. and I didn't really see Buckley escape. I, maybe I have to watch it again, but that was kind of frustrating, but congrats to Joaquin Buckley. Cause yeah, Joaquin I, was hurting him in that third round too. He was really hurting him in that third round. Um, I, I thought they said the second round was very close. It might've even been, it might've been one, one going into the third. Uh, All right. Maybe, but I mean, I mean, just really quick, you know, yes. one more we didn't we didn't mention it was um well actually uh Cara Carolina Kovalevich, uh, yes, thank you. Uh, she did great. She had a fantastic fight. Oh, I'm sorry, that was on a, that was the prelims, but you might as yeah. well mention. Sure, you know, she did great. Um, and one more, one more we didn't mention. Oh, that's right, Bill uh, Alg Bill Algio. Yeah. Uh, uh, took out um, Alexander Hernandez, and I think it was a competitive fight. A very good fight. But, uh, you know, Bill's got that, you know, he's a lanky dude, man. Yeah. You know? All right, Jimmy. Great, great Jimmy. night. Yes. And uh, and uh, Eric Nixick, thank you to Eric Nixick, and congratulations, yes. and Drew Dober, just an unbelievable performance. And uh, can't wait to see who Strickland fights next. I can't wait. Any fight he has, whether it's an Izzy rematch, uh, or whether it's uh, Duplessis, or whether it's fucking Costa, or whether it's uh, Shemaev, they're all really, really good matchups. So it, it doesn't matter. It's an exciting uh, fight coming either way. Either way, bro. It's all yeah. exciting. Jimmy, I'm going to talk to you with probably. Uh, no, not probably. Are you here in a couple of days? I am, yeah. Uh, I heard having your friend on. Should we let Oh, yeah, know? Bobby Kelly. So much fun. I was about it's to say Bobby fun. But Bobby Kelly, the new Bobby Kelly, the new and yeah. improved. How much weight did he lose? I don't know. He lost a lot, though. I mean, he looks really good because if you watch him on the monitor at the comedy cellar. You can just see he's wearing different clothes. You can just see that he's he able to. On, he actually fits on a monitor. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, you're the fucking best. I will, yes. You I soon. will see you in a couple of days, Jimmy. Bye, buddy. Bye, everyone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.